Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce Whitney Boole. Whitney is a therapist, coach, and writer in private practice in Hermosa Beach, California. Her book, You Got This, Healing Through Divorce, is a therapeutic guidebook through divorce, and it inspired Whitney to create a Facebook group and a wealth of resources, including the Healing Through Divorce Transformational Program with coaching designed to help people start over strong and heal after divorce trauma. Whitney also has a private practice in Hermosa Beach called Beach City Psychotherapy, where she provides psychotherapy to individuals and couples. As an EMDR certified therapist, she is skilled in working with trauma. She believes pain fuels growth and empowerment, and this is the foundation of her work, both as a therapist and in her divorce program. Whitney is also a single mother with three kids who thrive through her own painful divorce. Welcome, Whitney. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, Whitney Boole, LMFT. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I've known you for a few years and I've known you as a therapist working with a wide variety of clients on issues surrounding grief and trauma and your use of EMDR. But the reason why I wanted to interview you today is because I know you also have the specialty in working with divorce and how that maybe relates to trauma and how you approach treatment of the trauma associated with this major life change. Yeah. Yeah. I found, you know, I think a lot of times when people go through a divorce, it's a complete upending of who they thought they were, who they're going to be, what their life is going to look like. And they feel so overwhelmed and it it can be really crazy making. And, you know, they go to their friends, they talk to their friends about it. Their friends get tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over again, but having to work through that and grieve and manage the trauma, it can be really intense. It seems like even if it's an amicable divorce, there is still trauma associated with a life change that someone is going through. Right. When you walk down the aisle, you never think, oh, one day I'm going to get divorced and have to start all over. But when you go through a divorce, you literally have to rethink how you're going to live, how you're going to make ends meet, where you're going to live, who your friends are, right? Because a lot of times in marriages, there are shared friendships and friendships change with divorce. It's just part of the deal. Relationships with family, right? Sometimes you lose entire sets of relatives that came to you from your partner, right? All the in-laws, your hopes and dreams and your home and your livelihood, all of it changes. So oftentimes people stay at home parents, right? Like they have to figure out how they're going to sustain themselves because there's a financial reality that comes with divorce as well. It's a lot more expensive to pay for two households. Mm -hmm. Right. And also maybe this idea, kind of this loss of things like family and friends. I also wonder kind of this loss of your identity as someone who's coupled, but then also maybe this idea of a loss of identity, how other people see you, like it was your fault, you did something wrong, or you are the victim. And so I assume that that's also kind of a difficult thing to sit with in terms of maybe how other people see you in the process. Absolutely. And the reality is, is that it does change how people people see you, right? It changes 
you're no longer a couple. You don't get invited to the couple events anymore. And people do gossip. People talk about why you got divorced and they speculate and they make things up. And sometimes it's true and accurate and sometimes it's completely not, but it's really an overwhelming process, all of it. And you know what you said about it being like a loss, absolutely. It feels like a death, I think, for a lot of people because it is the death of who you thought you were going to be, right? You're no longer part of this couple. You are on your own. And so oftentimes... When we're in a marriage, we do things with our partner. We build a life with our partner, but what that looks like on our own, it takes some untangling and figuring out of who you're going to be moving forward. Right. Yeah. So you have this book that you have written and are known for, and I'm just curious about kind of the process of what made you think about writing this book, what the process was like about, about writing it and kind of the after effects of kind of how people have received this book. Sure. Yeah. So I wrote, it's called, you got this healing through divorce. And I really just, I'm a writer. I was a writer before I was a therapist and my go-to in terms of coping is writing. And I was going through my own really painful divorce. I was married for 15 years. And at first when I was writing it, I didn't know if it was going to be for me or for other people. I really struggled with that, but through the course of my divorce, I just kept writing and writing pieces, insights, things that helped me, things that didn't, the parts that were hard, the struggle, the things that felt empowering to me. And when I was done, I gave it to somebody, a therapist and business coach I greatly respect, Mari Lee, and she looked it over and she encouraged me to go through and fix it up and make it something that could help other people. And so I did, I added strategies at the end of each chapter and made it more of a self-help book, but I kept some of the rawness of my own experience in there as well to normalize it. Right. I think there's this piece when you're going through a divorce of feeling so upended and really crazy. It's really a crazy making process. And so I I left my crazy in the book (laughs) so that people can see but it's part of it. It's part of it. And it doesn't mean that you are crazy, but it's a lot to get through. And I've been really happy with how it's been received. I run a Facebook group for people going through divorce. It's the same title as the book. And in that group, there are over 5,000 people. And I hear from people all the time who feel consoled just by the fact that they're not the only ones that they get some strategies, some things to help them to rebuild and start over and start feeling a little bit better. And it's really meaningful. One of my favorite things is when somebody in the group recommends the book to somebody else in the group, right? (laughs) And every once in a while, you know, it'll be in a, like, there's one person who posted a picture of all the books that helped them. And, you know, there I was like with Brene Brown, which was really flattering and nice, right? But just to feel like I was in some way helpful to people on this journey of divorce was really meaningful for me. What are some good kind of basic tools that maybe you put out in your book in terms of ways that people can kind of change their thinking or behavior around this traumatic. Yeah. Well, one of the most important things, and I talk about this a lot in the book is how you disentangle from the ex, right? When you're in a marriage, the goal is to connect and understand and help them to understand and connect And when you're going through divorce, it's sort of the opposite. It's okay to put up walls. 
boundaries, right? And you don't need to understand where they're coming from and they don't need to understand where you're coming from. And letting go of that can be really freeing and set the boundaries. You know, a lot of times people go through divorces with people who are really difficult, who are attacking, and they will waste so much time and energy and upset trying to help them understand, right? But then when they get to the place of it really doesn't matter if your ex understands you or not anymore, that's not what this is about then there's a freedom that comes with that. The reestablishing who you are, figuring out like, what are the things that you enjoy? What do you like to do on your own? What are the things that you did in your marriage that you really didn't like? You don't have to do them anymore. One of the chapters in the book that I think is, for me, it was a big part of the process was creating a sanctuary is what I called it, which is a place where it just feels like it's safe and it's yours. And it's just, you know, I cleared everything out of my bedroom and I started over and I didn't put very much in there, but it felt like a safe, calm place that represented me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think just starting with those basics of setting the boundaries to keep yourself safe and connecting to the things that feel meaningful to you are representative of you on a small scale, go a long way towards rebuilding, right? You have to start small. And also kind of, when you're talking about that, it also makes me think about the approach to any major trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Is get back to basics, get back to who you are, what your true needs are and what makes you feel comforted and safe. Absolutely. And, you know, I do work with a lot of clients in my private practice going through trauma and well, recovering from trauma, I guess is probably more accurate, but that's a hundred percent. Like the key piece is focusing on self-care, right. And setting boundaries to keep yourself safe and to make yourself feel safe, ultimately sending yourself the message that you're worth it, right. You can't rely on somebody else to do that for you. It has to come from within and the reliance on other people, whether it be in a marriage or a job or whatever it is to feed that, it doesn't work, right? You have to figure out how to do that on your own. And I think that's useful in all trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I love the title, You Got This, Healing Through Divorce. And I guess I love the You Got This in the beginning because it, it's kind of this encouragement, right? That it's kind of, yes, it's hard, but you'll see it through the end, right? And there will be kind of a growth associated with the whole process itself. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent how I feel about it, right? With, And it's sort of how I feel about trauma as well as with all trauma in the healing from it, there's an opportunity for growth and transformation, right? And divorce is absolutely that we have a choice when we go through a divorce, we can be the victim and talk about how we were wronged and feel sad. And, and sometimes we need to be there for a little while before we can really look at, Hey, where did I come from? What happened? What are the lessons in this? So that I can grow, right. And create the change in my life, the transformation in my life that I need and that I want so that I can be who I want to be and set myself up for the life that I really want. In some ways it can be a really big gift. I know for me, I consider my divorce to be a gift. Mm -hmm. Right. And I see that kind of, you want to go through that process. You want to be better for it. Right. And so, right. Yeah. Right. Like if you choose again, sometimes when it first happens, 
and we feel victimized and then oftentimes are victimized, it's okay to feel that and be there for a little while, but eventually you have to pick up and learn from it. You know, the, the whole thing, a lot of times people come and they feel like they failed. It was a failed marriage. And, and my feeling around that is it's only a failed marriage if you don't turn it into something that changes you for the better, right? Yeah. So I guess going back to this idea of individualization and kind of redefining yourself as an individual and maybe not needing to understand the other person or have to kind of connect to them and you can have kind of a break from them. I guess one question I have is, and I know it really just depends on that particular case, but I would assume that in some cases it would be beneficial to understand where that other person is coming from. Right. Well, for sure, understanding it in terms of how it impacts you and impacts Mm -hmm. your story, right? But it's not so much, yeah, for sure, understanding where the other person is coming from makes sense. But that's not about connection. It's about something different, right? It's about putting the energy into you and your growth. Right. Part of that growth might be understanding the other person's perspective, but it may not be. And I guess that part of this is, is that helpful or not for you to move forward? Absolutely. I do think it's helpful. You know, one of the things that I encourage people to do when they're going through divorce is looking at the patterns, not just what the partner did, but, but what you did, the choices that you made, right? Red flags that you overlooked, you know, or in, in amicable divorces, Sometimes it's just what needs didn't get met or where things went wrong. But for sure, it's useful to understand the other person's perspective in terms of where you might have made different choices as well. Hmm. Right. Interesting. What about the topic of children and how to navigate parenting during the process of the divorce and post-divorce? Well, and I have a blog that I wrote on my website about the specific thing because I think people really panic, myself included. You know, I, when I was ready to have a talk with my children, my, my daughter was, she had just turned nine and my twins were only two. So there was no conversation yet to be had with them. And I was so worried about, ruining them, of just breaking them open, destroying them and all of that. And and I hear that from so many people. And I I think that the truth is there are things that you can do wrong and just understanding them. You know, a lot of times we project as parents, if we come into that conversation and we're just, you know, this is, we're, we're crying and we're upset. What we're conveying in nonverbal ways is something really horrible is happening and our children are going to react accordingly. So conveying to your kids, yeah, this is a big change and I'm here and I am here to talk to you and help you process this and you're going to be okay. But also letting them know, like being clear with them, they absolutely do not need to be a part of your divorce and the logistics of your divorce, but they need to understand how it's going to impact them. And that lack of certainty and that lack of stability is really scary. So letting them know, Hey, this is what it's going to look like for you. You're going to stay in this house or we're going to, you're going to have two houses or, you know, and it doesn't have to be down the road. Making changes slowly over time is ideal. I think for kids and because big changes are scary for all people, not just children. You know, I think being careful not to involve the kids too much in the logistics of why or how or any of it, 
one of the the paths that I think creates the trauma that I then untangle with my clients is when, when parents enmesh, not realizing that they're leaning on a child as a friend. And sometimes parents well-meaning think, oh, well, my, my kid's a really mature 13-year-old. But I don't care if she's a mature 17-year-old. It is damaging and painful for children to have to be their parents' confidant through something so painful. So, you know, just being wary of those traps of it's okay for them to see you hurting. That's okay. And letting them know, in fact, it's a great opportunity to say, hey, yeah, I'm having a big feeling. It's going to pass and I'm going to be okay. And if you lose your cool, right? Because when we go through difficult things, sometimes we do of saying, hey, I didn't handle that the way I wish I had. I wish I didn't raise my voice. I'm sorry. Like modeling how to take responsibility. Those are things that are very easily corrected. What's not easily corrected and, and what you really need to be careful of is putting things on your children that are not there, right? Enmeshing them, making them your confidant, making them hold the dark and difficult realities that you as an adult and as a parent have to hold, but they really don't need to. Right. I think part of that too is trying to have a consistent message, right? If, you know, they're two different parents, I mean, the hope is that both parental figures are kind of trying to do that to the best of their ability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times in divorce, I think a lot of times people feel that, oh, now we're going to have a broken home, you know, my poor kids, or people even say that. I remember somebody telling me, oh, you need to get back to your husband because you're poor children, right? And the truth is, is that your kids need you to be happy. They need your ex to be happy. And that is more important for them than whether or not you're married. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I've had teenage clients come in and say, don't tell my parents. I wish they would get a divorce. (laughs) And here their parents are staying together for the sake of the kids. (laughs) So, you know, this idea that you're going to have a broken home and your children are going to be devastated and ruined. It's the opposite. If you need to create a happy home for your kids and they need to see you happy and having healthy relationships. Well, I was just thinking kind of this idea of what is a successful divorce, right? And big picture is happy parents, right? The parental figures are content and happy with their individual kind of current lives in terms of how they've created their own life for themselves with children who feel that they can interact with both parents in a meaningful way and not feel overly relied upon by one of the parents, right? But I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about as we kind of end our conversation, kind of what does success look like? Well, you know, I think regaining your sense of self and creating a happy home for you and for your kids. That sounds Mm -hmm. like success to me. Right. And I think even without kids is disentangling, learning the lessons that were in that marriage and that divorce that you need to learn so that you can move forward and have healthy relationships. Yeah. Kind of move forward and take those lessons and yeah allow them to kind of move you forward into meaningful relationships. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I think so. Well, I want to be respectful of your time and the listener's time, but I will make sure that we have the description of your book and a little bit of information about you on the episode description. But is there anything you think you'd like to just make sure that we stress before we say goodbye in terms of things that are important for the listener to know? 
You know what? The only thing I would, I would say is that if you're going through a divorce and you feel crazy, you're not crazy. Right. And that's one of the things that I hear most often from people going through divorce is that they feel crazy. Their friends are telling them they're crazy or that, you know, like their ex is telling them they're crazy and untangling you are enough, you are worthy and you'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad your book is out there as a resource to people as they navigate this difficult experience, but hopefully we'll find fulfillment in the end. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Take care. This has been Mind Stories with remote appointments in California and offices in downtown LA, Santa Monica, Hermosa Beach, Marina del Rey, Echo Park, and Santa Barbara. Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, mood and anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more to help you get back to your true self. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories, and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.